Welcome to the Way of Crypto podcast, your best daily news source covering everything happening in the crypto and Bitcoin space every single weekday morning. We go over market news, price action, and of course, all the drama happening in crypto every single day. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and do that as a general supporter at three bucks a month. Or if you want to take it up a notch, you can contribute to the show with 10 bucks a month. This allows you to not only contribute to the show financially, but also with show content as well as it enables you to ask any question you want, hopefully about crypto. But if not, I'm probably going to answer it anyway. And we'll go over all those answers every single Friday. However, the best way to support the show is simply to subscribe and give us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can do this on Spotify and Apple and all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Subscribe, give us a review. That's the best way to support the show. Finally, if you want to take your keys into your own hands, you can purchase a Ledger device through the link in the description. This ensures you're purchasing the device through the Ledger website and it has not been tampered with by a third party like what can happen if you purchase through Amazon or eBay or a third party seller. You never know if your device has been tampered with. Uh, so use the link in the description. It ensures you're purchasing through Ledger and also 10% of that purchase will go to support the way of crypto at no extra cost to you. If you want to reach out to me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Way of Cryptocast, on TikTok at Way of Crypto. But the best way is to go to the website www.thewayofcrypto.com. There's an email link there. You can fill it out. Let me know your questions, comments, and concerns, and I'll get back to you. There's also an RSS link on the website if you run your own podcast server and you want to subscribe through that RSS link. You can do that. Let's get into the news. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Way of Crypto podcast. We have a lot of news to go over this morning. Some Mt. Gox stuff uh, happening in the news, some CryptoLeaks.info updates uh, that we're going to go into, some Celsius news. Celsius hasn't been... Uh, uh, in the news, really, in uh, it's been a couple of weeks now, so uh, they made the news and some other stuff, actually lots of other stuff we're going to go over uh, that's happened in the last 24 hours. First, let's have a look at the markets. Fear and Greed Index, not looking so good. Currently sitting at 20. Uh, Bitcoin's looking real weak today. It's the first of September, so August is over, officially over. We're in September. This is historically a terrible month for crypto. Uh, so just keep that in the back of your mind as we progress through September here. But historically, not so good. Uh, 2021 was a little bit of exception to that. That's kind of when Bitcoin rallied and uh, broke out of that summer bear market. It's not the same this year. Uh, we have a whole different level of macro environment and uh yeah, it's not the same. Don't expect that. September's probably, odds are September is going to be uh, terrible. <laughs> so uh, just keep that in the back of your mind. I hope I jinxed it and I hope I'm wrong on that one. Uh, that's for sure. But right now, yeah, we are deep into extreme fear sitting at a 20. Last week, 25. Yesterday, 23. Last month, 31. That would take us into fear uh, and out of extreme fear if we got back there. However, market sentiment right now is real bad. Most people think the world is crashing down around them. Uh, that's kind of where we are. If you kind of go through social media and have a look at crypto sentiment, what people are saying, what people are saying on things like podcasts and YouTube and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, sentiment right now on the market 
is uh, just terrible. Most people expect Bitcoin to go to like $13,000 US over the next uh, 30 days or so. So we'll see what happens. Uh, right now, we're not even close to that. But something to keep in mind, a lot of times when everyone uh, thinks we're going one way, that's when the market takes off the other way. That's another thing to keep in mind. However, uh, September, if you look at the, uh, the statistics and what happens historically, September is always a red month. October and November, however, are not. And they're usually very positive. So... Um, but this is uh, a different kind of macro environment we're facing where just everything is crashing. Real estate has not caught up to this crash yet. It's the kind of the outlier uh, now, but usually it's six months or so behind the rest of the markets anyways. Uh, so it's slowly catching up. Um, whoop, I just saw Terra Luna Classic is up 63% there. Uh, anyways, yeah, let's get into market stuff because maybe there's some interesting things happening. I don't know if we'll even get the Terra Luna Classic uh, covering it as it's way out of the top. Uh, is it even out of the top 50? I'm just doing a quick little scan here. However, I just saw that uh, it's trending and uh, trending on cryptocurrency or trending on coin market cap. Sorry, uh, but I don't think we'll get to cover it because it's way down the list and we only go move into the top 20, top 30 or so. Anyways, start up Bitcoin here. It's at 20,000, 20 bucks down about 2% on the 24, down like 8% on the seven day. Ethereum is holding on to $1,500 at 1566, down about 2% on the 24, down about 8% on the seven day. BNB is at 277, down about 3% on the 24, about 9% on the seven day. XRP is at 32 cents. Cardano is at 44 cents. Solana is at 31 bucks. Polkadot's at seven bucks. Dogecoin's at six cents. Maddox at $84, 84 cents, $84. Wouldn't that be nice for Maddox holders? Shiba is just a ton of zeros, but down 2% as well. And actually down 15% on the seven day. Uh, Tron's at six cents. AVAX has, I don't see a recovery. I've heard stories about a recovery. I haven't looked at the AVAX chart. I'm holding AVAX, so I don't follow it until I get to the podcast here and then I look at it. But that's only on a, like a 24-hour basis here. Uh, AVAX is currently sitting at 19 bucks. Uniswap at $6.16. Ethereum Classics at 32 bucks. Litecoin, 55, 80, 56 bucks just changed. Uh, Cosmos at $12.12. FTX token, $26.68. I think it's the first time I've ever said FTX token on this podcast. Not that I have anything against it. Uh, Near Protocol is at $4.27. Kronos, $0.12. Cents. Chainlink, $6. Bucks. Monero, $153.71. Bucks and 71 cents. What do we got for movers here? Uh, now that we're out of the top 30... EOS is actually in the green this morning. A dollar EOS is at buck forty-six. It's actually up four percent on the last twenty-four hour. I think that's about it. Monero's up two percent. Litecoin's up three percent. Uh, Unzus said LEO. I don't know anything about this token. I know I said I'd research it, but uh, I haven't looked at it yet. Uh, it, there's been so many other things going on. It's up two percent, but it's up ten percent in the last seven day. Uh, let's have a look at that right now, uh, live on the air. I think that's about it for things that are in the green other than your stable coins. That looks to be about it. So I don't even know how to pronounce this. Uh, Unzis said L-E-O. It's uh, in the green and what's well, its market cap here? It's in the top 30, so it's not that much 
uh, fully diluted market cap, five billion six hundred and thirty-eight million. So around that six billion dollar mark. It's ERC twenty token. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, not that we're getting a whole lot of information out of it. Just having a quick little look at the chart, but uh, yeah, it's been in the green quite a bit and it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I only started noticing this token, uh, I don't know, it's been uh, about three weeks, four weeks or so. It broke into the top, top 20, maybe a little longer than that because time flies in the summertime. However, it kind of came out of nowhere, and maybe we'll have a look at that in the future, but it's going to have to make the news first because uh, we only have so much time to cover stuff in the morning. Uh, first story of the day, Arthur Hayes thinks Bitcoin could rally despite the hawkish stance. So, yeah, it's not looking like that right now, is it? Uh, however, things change real fast, and Bitcoin can move real fast in either direction, up or down. Uh, we're all used to that at this point. One of crypto exchange Former CEOs is weighing in on the state of the economy after the Federal Reserve recently announced that it doesn't plan to lower interest rates anytime soon. This is following the Jerome Powell uh, speech where he had an extremely hawkish tone. I don't think anyone was, uh, as far as I know anyway, no one was expecting them to reduce interest rates anytime soon. It's kind of, uh, they said they were going to raise up to about that 3.5% mark. We're not there yet, so... Um, yeah, I'm not expecting any kind of turnaround. I don't know why this caused the market to crash, but it did. In a series of tweets, BitMEX co-founder Arthur Hayes hypothesizes how the Fed might uh, be able to reduce assets and liabilities on a Spanish balance sheet while also prompting the stock market to rally. Yeah, don't forget the midterm elections are coming up and uh, expect some kind of move. I expect something to happen with the Federal Reserve's stance to pump the markets a little bit before, during those midterms, a little bit before maybe, I don't know. I just expect something to happen uh, before those midterms, not exactly what here. This is in quotes from him. Let's play a little game called hide those treasuries. The rules, the Fed is reducing its balance sheets, dollar liquidity negative. The U.S. Treasury is issuing bonds to pay for large and increasing financial spending, dollar liquidity negative. But we want stocks to pump. What do we do? Payne said it's unlikely that foreign investors or the Fed itself will buy the U.S. Treasury bonds he believes will be used to send out another round of stimulus checks before the upcoming midterm elections. That's what I think as well. He thinks that the banks could buy the treasuries and then prompt off leverage, which could cause the stocks to rise, and then profit off leverage, which could cause the stocks to rise. What if U.S. banks can buy treasuries and then flip them to the Fed in exchange for dollars? Then the Fed would take those dollars and leverage them through the financial markets. Net result, more liquidity, stocks pump, yay. <laughs> the crypto veteran adds that while banks and the Fed both might not want to directly buy bonds due to balance sheet liabilities, together they can utilize the Fed's standing repo facility or called the SRF policy, which allows the Fed to buy and sell securities overnight to achieve mutual goals. Every night, the Fed accepts treasuries from the bank and gives them fresh dollars. Banks don't get hit, don't get hit with capital charges and get very cheap dollar liquidity that can be leveraged in the financial economy. Then stocks pump. Haynes said that the New York Fed will be doing an SRF-related test run in September, which has the cap capacity to handle $500 billion. Uh, then adds, this is in quotes from Arthur Haynes, will the Fed activate it? I don't know, but we should keep an eye on it. Therefore, I added it to my U.S. dollar liquidity index. The SRF is a great way to soak up treasury issuance that is required for pre-election stimmies. 
also known as pre-election market stimulation, I guess you could say. The crypto entrepreneur wraps up that his tweet storm by wraps up his tweet storm by suggesting that rather than worry about interest rates, people need to track how one how well quantitative tightening is actually draining liquidity from the Fed's balance sheet. Arthur thinks whether or not the Fed's gambit is successful will determine if Bitcoin rallies or keeps falling. Dollar liquidity numbers go up, stocks and stocks and Bitcoin pump. Dollar liquidity numbers go down, stocks and Bitcoin dump. Yeah, so Arthur Haynes has not predicted a rally. So the headline in this article is a little bit misleading here. Um, not predicting a rally, just giving different outlooks of what could happen when we're looking at the market outlook up to the U.S. midterms, because that is probably going to have some kind of impact, uh, I would guess, here. So some Mt. Gox stuff. It's back in the news. Mt. Gox trustee repayment announcement triggers fear in Bitcoin market. Outstanding claims by ripped off customers worth $2.8 billion. Is Mt. Gox a notorious exchange that crashed, speculate, crashed spectacularly in 2014? That's ages and ages ago in the crypto space about to rise from the dead and flood the market with Bitcoin. This is when we talked about uh, at the beginning of the week. No, it's Sunday, actually. 137,000 Bitcoin were supposed to be dumped on the market on Sunday. Never happened. This story is a little bit of an update to that. Those are the questions rolling, roiling crypto after the announcement was published to Mt. Gox website on August 31st. So yesterday, straight away, rumors flew that Mt. Gox was poised to release $2.8 billion worth of Bitcoin it held in mid-September. Okay, so now we have another date. However, um, these dates keep happening over and over and over again, and we have yet to see anything dump, and we've talked about it before. So if that $137,000 of Bitcoin gets dumped onto the market, it's going to be about 6% of volume, 6 to 8% of volume, something like that. Uh, so just keep that in mind. It's not the end of the world. It's going to happen. Just rip it off. Rip off the band-aid. Dump that in the market in September. It's going to be a crappy month anyway. Let's just uh, let's just bottom out here. Give lots of uh, good bottom, uh, good buying opportunities for people that wanted to get into Bitcoin uh, as well. So let's just let's dump those in the market in September and let's get this band-aid off uh, off us. That's what I think. Uh, moving on here, Celsius. So Celsius. Uh, has been out of the news the last couple of weeks here, obviously with major stories in June where uh, Celsius was one of the biggest crypto lending, yield collecting or yield generating platforms in the crypto universe in reality. Uh, I think almost everyone that was involved in crypto probably had a little bit of cash on Celsius uh, that they were collecting yield and hopefully not their whole bags, although a lot of people had their uh, life savings on Celsius, and they're collecting yield off that as well. We all know how this story's played out. However, Celsius has been out of the news a little bit over the last little bit. Uh, I think the last story we talked about is they are mining. They got approved uh, by the judge handling their bankruptcy filing that they were allowed to spend money on Bitcoin mining equipment and mine Bitcoin in an attempt to pay off creditors with that mine Bitcoin. That was one solution Celsius had. Uh, that was our last update, I believe, just going off memory here. Uh, however, uh, let's talk about this. This is from Coindesk, and the headline is, Crypto Lender Celsius Phases Another Group of Customers Who Want Their Money Back. More than 60 of Celsius's custodial account holders, holders petitioned a bankruptcy court to force a crypto lender to send them their funds back outside of the proceedings. This is interesting. Why only 60 and why the 60 special? I'd like to see everyone get their uh, cash back first before any institutions are paid. 
back. A group of custodial account holders at Celsius have formally asked the court overseeing the crypto lender's bankruptcy case to authorize the return of their funds. The ad hoc group petitioned the New York Bankruptcy Court from the Southern District of New York on Wednesday for a declaratory judgment to require Celsius to allow withdrawals from the custodial accounts. Interesting. So they could actually withdraw off the Celsius platform. Wouldn't that be something if everyone could get their money back that way? Celsius filed for bankruptcy proceedings in July. We remember that after with freezing withdrawals in mid-June. Same thing happened to Hodlnot on the, in the last few weeks here. They are very similar to Celsius. Um, they offered a little bit of higher lending rates. They're a little bit less trustworthy if you could even uh, use those words after Celsius has frozen froze withdrawals two months, two months, three months ago and declared bankruptcy. Um, people trusted HODL not, more, HODL not less than Celsius, so there's less money. I knew less people that were involved in HODL not, but I did know a few. Um, so we're going through all this again. Uh, the group is composed of 64 people who hold at least 200 or 22.5 million in cryptocurrency with Celsius custody service. Maybe that's why it's just the amount of cash these people had. They could afford lawyers to uh, move in and uh, talk to Celsius outside of their bankruptcy or talk to the uh, lawsuit, get their, get their fingers into this lawsuit uh, a little bit on their own here. According to the filings, the group's cryptocurrency is deposited in custodial accounts rather than the yield-generating firm products. That also may be a difference. I'm not, uh, I have no... Uh, education whatsoever in law, bankruptcy proceedings, or any of that kind of stuff. So the only thing I can dig out of this is what my own opinions are out of the out of the news article. That's it. No expertise in this at all. This means Celsius should have held the funds in segregated accounts. Let's reread this for a second. According to the filings, the group cryptocurrency is deposited deposited in custodial accounts rather than yield generating earned products. Uh, so Celsius just had merely possession of their accounts, maybe just for security purposes. So those uh, those account holders didn't have to maintain their own keys and they could uh, use a password with uh, two-factor authentication for security, which is not bad, a not bad way of security. However, not as good as keeping your own keys, of course. This means Celsius should have held the funds in segregated storage on behalf of the group's members who retained title to the funds according to the filing. Because of this, the filing claims that customers should be able to receive the funds back separately from the outcome of the bankruptcy proceedings. Uh, yeah, so they didn't have their funds on any yield-generating platform or any yield-generating account or lending account. They merely had their funds in a custodial account, which may uh, give them the ability to withdraw those funds separately from your creditors that have, uh, when you sign your or click that box saying Celsius could use your money for their own lending to pay you back a yield. Uh, so this is kind of interesting. We'll be following this story a little bit and uh, see it, how this plays out. If there's any difference in uh, those who held their money on Celsius in just custodial compared to those who held their money in either a yield generating or a loan generating an account. Uh, next article here, Crypto Twitter shares concerning concerns over regarding Meta's recent NFT integration news. So Meta, uh, also known as Facebook and Instagram, are, have decided to integrate NFTs into their social media networks. 
We talked about that a couple of days ago, and not surprisingly so, there's security concerns about this on how they're going to store those NFTs on the platform, how they're going to display those NFTs, whether you want to give Facebook uh, access to some kind of valuable NFT through their own proprietary wallet service or not. So we'll talk a little bit about this. On Monday, Facebook and Instagram's parent company, Meta, yes, we talked about that already. While Meta's announcement may have seemed like a math adoption win for some digital asset enthusiasts, not all members of crypto Twitter are thrilled by the news. Skeptical users took to social media to express concern surrounding the security and privacy issues of the data disclosed when digital wallets are connected to these social media platforms. Yes, that's what I think as well. Uh, should be note, there's no real threat on connecting a wallet. As, as, as uh, counterintuitive as this seems, those of you who haven't uh, operated within the NFT space may not be aware, but you can connect your wallet to many, many... You can connect someone else's wallet, technically, to a website without proving you're the owner of that wallet. And uh, it is not unsecure to do so. Uh, anyways, let's move on to this article here uh, and see what they say with Facebook having... Yeah, so this is from MPC. If you want to follow him on Twitter, MPC-PICAC. I don't know why uh, who he is exactly. With Facebook having lost the data of 5 million users in 2013. Uh, yeah, and he goes down the scale of how... Um, Facebook has lost or compromised people's data from 2013 to 2021. And uh, if you look at the numbers here, it's way over a billion people. Uh, I don't think entrusting digital collectibles to connect to Meta is any way smart. Uh, however, they don't appear to understand what NFTs are. So this is a, a, a tweet from Crypto Bartender. So they can figure out which wallets are yours and keep tabs on you and your crypto, crypto activities. Yeah, that could happen. So... Um, they can't lose, if you connect your wallet to a platform, that platform can't lose your wallet. So I think a lot of these people don't understand exactly what connecting your wallet to a Web3 environment is. I think they just don't get it. They haven't done it. They don't understand the security risks or the not risk of uh, doing something like that. Uh, however, there is a risk uh, there is a risk of privacy and uh, yeah, Meta will know which wallet belongs to you theoretically. However, you could also connect someone else's wallet. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't think it's a really a uh, concern to be honest. Um, I don't. Because you could always, so if you have a wallet that you are keeping NFTs on for, to use in your social media profiles like your Facebook or your Instagram, I'm not going to be connecting my Ledger device wallet to these networks. It's going to be like uh, my MetaMask or something else that I don't necessarily care about that much. And I think that's going to be the common denominator amongst most people that understand the space. Most people that care to uh, collect NFTs and show them on their social media, I think, are going to feel the same. However, there is some danger because you do need to be uh, fairly educated on the topic to understand to not connect your Ledger wallet account or your Treasure wallet account, wallet account or uh, some, a wallet that you actually care about and have uh, have some real value in. Um, 
I don't keep very much in my MetaMask account. I hope you don't either. I know you can be. I know you can uh, connect them through. Uh, you can connect them to a hardware wallet like Ledger will work with uh, MetaMask. However, I still keep like my MetaMask is kind of like my burner wallet. Is how I like to use it, and I would have no issue at all connecting my MetaMask to a social media site to show off NFTs if I had any NFTs that I care to show off. However, I don't. I don't. I don't invest any significant amount of money in NFTs. Most of the have uh, most of the ones I have were essentially free, and uh, I do keep on top of it for my own education in the Web3 environment and um, so I can talk about it with you guys. However, I don't have a lot of money involved uh, or invested in F- NFTs whatsoever. Um, and like I said, most of them are free or close to free. And I'd have no qualms at all about connecting my MetaMask wallet because there's essentially no value in it to, uh, to a meta account if I wanted to show some of those off. Anyways, I think I'm kind of talking in circles a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, crypto leak stuff. Kyle Roach, who was one of the lawyers who um, was seen on video, I guess, embellishing his story and talking about how he was uh, litigating Ava Labs competitors under the direction of the Ava Labs CEO and how he's kind of acting on behalf of them to... Um, kneecap some of Ava Labs competitors and not just competitors but other cryptos as well he's in the news again this is from Blockworks Kyle Roach moves to withdrawal from multiple lawsuits uh, so he is now uh, yeah withdrawing from some of those lawsuits that he talked about on camera here uh, clearly like a young guy embellishing his story he was having dinner probably some drinks as well embellished his story got caught on video and now he's suffering the price for that uh, Kyle Roach filed to withdraw as an attorney in cases against Bitfinex and Tether. Both Kyle and Avalab CEO have denied allegations they took part in the secret pact. Uh, let's get into this article a little bit. Kyle Roach, the lawyer recently outed for allegedly engaging in a secret pact to harm players in the cryptocurrency industry, is dropping out of multiple class action lawsuits he set up. This is what happens. You want to have some drinks and embellish your story. And if there's a video camera there, Aren't we all happy that in our youth, there wasn't a video camera rolling when we were embellishing our own stories, right? Roche has moved to withdraw as one of the attorneys for proposed cases brought against multiple companies like Bitfinex, Tether, uh, Digfinex, and Global Trade Solutions. A court document filed in the Southern District of New York on Wednesday showed these suits claim that the crypto companies were involved in manipulating the digital asset market. Um, his motion was filed under a rule that states an attorney for a party may be relieved or displaced solely by the order of court. He has not filed to withdraw in other cases brought against Solana, uh, Defini, Celsius, Binance.us, and Block One. But the document stated he is no longer involved in the law firm's class action practice. So uh, not only has he been withdrawn from uh, these lawsuits, but he's also no longer involved in the law law firm's class action lawsuit practice. Uh, The withdrawal move follows allegations followed by, yep, we read about that, talked about that in the story, and we talked about Roche's uh, Ava Labs relationship as well. All right, there's been a hack of the Belarusian's leader's stolen passport, and it's on an NFT. Hackers are trying to sell it. Let's get into this. Uh, from Cointelegraph, and the title is, Hackers Try to Sell NFT of Belarusian's Leader's Supposed Stolen Passport. Belarusian hackers claim to have gained access to the passport info of every Belarusian citizen, including President 
Alexander Lukashenko, allowing them to mint. I probably got that last name right, so uh, yep, apologize for that. Allowing them to mint an NFT with his passport details. A group of hacktivists called the Bel- Belarusian cyber partisans have been attempted attempting to sell an, an NFT featuring the purported passport info of Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko. The Belarusian cyber partisans say the move is part of a grassroots fundraising campaign to flight bloody regimes in Minsk and Moscow. Uh, yeah, so the Belarusian have essentially allowed Russian. So I'm not a uh, Russian war specialist. I'm not even keeping up with what's going on there. But I remember a little bit of uh, Belarus and Russia and uh the Belarusian president was allowing their or uh, Russia to essentially use Belarus as a launch pad to send troops into Ukraine because Belarus borders Ukraine. Uh, so that's why they were targeted, it appears. The members claim to have hacked into a government database that has passport info out of every Belarusian citizen, allowing them to launch an NFT collection called Belarusian Passports which includes a digital passport and supposedly features Loroshenko's actual information, uh, and they are selling it on OpenSea. So if you want to have a look at this, you can follow them on Twitter at CPartisans, and they have a link to their OpenSea collection, and I just clicked on it here. It's not found, so it appears that OpenSea has removed it. They were selling it on OpenSea. So if you got one of these, congratulations, because they're going to be super rare and probably valuable. Moving on here, Helium Devs proposed ditching its own blockchain for Solana. Uh, So Helium has decided to move to the Solana blockchain. The transition to Solana would improve network scalability, scalability, which in turn would bring significant economies of scale to the network, according to Helium Cordes. So we're not going to dig into this too much. Just wanted to get into that and uh, let you guys know Helium is moving to Solana. Um, And also, MicroStrategy and Michael Saylor. So I was going to cover this story at the beginning of the episode. However, it kind of got buried in my tabs here of the stories I go over. And uh, yeah, Michael Saylor, for those of you that are not on Twitter, because I think if you're on crypto Twitter, you would probably know this is happening. He is being sued by the District of Columbia over income tax evasion. So just reading this a little bit, uh, I'm not going to dig into the article because it's too long. We're kind of running short on time. However, I'm going to give you the synopsis here. Uh, Michael Saylor is being sued by DC, uh, DC is claiming that MicroStrategy has lived there for over a decade and never paid income tax in the state. Is DC even considered a state? Is it a territory? I'm not really sure uh, how that works or how the law works in regards to uh, living there and having to pay income tax. However, the District of Columbia is saying that Michael Saylor has lived there for a decade, never paid income tax, and now they're coming for their cash. And last story of the day, Crypto.com is ditching a half a billion dollar sponsorship deal with Champion League Soccer. So I remember this, uh, I think they signed this deal. It was last fall. Uh, And I think Crypto.com is just suffering a drop of funds due to this uh, crypto crash and bear market, whatever you want to call it. Uh, They are suffering like everyone else. And they signed a bunch of mega uh, mega sponsorship deals in an attempt to promote themselves throughout 
20, the end of 2021, especially most of this happened between September and February of last or February of this year, September of last year. Uh, I remember crypto.com was just making deals all over the place. Uh, Crow, their token, their native crypto.com token was just pumping and flying. Uh, yeah. And they had all these billion dollar, close to billion dollar deals happening. And they've had to pull out of this is one of their bigger ones with uh, Champion League Soccer. Let's dig in the article a little bit here. Crypto.com has pulled out of a massive sponsorship deal with the Europeans Champion Soccer League or the UEFA. I think uh, most of us North Americans probably don't know what this is, um, but it could be wrong. At the last moment earlier this summer. So they pulled out of it at the last moment. The deal was reportedly going to run for five seasons and would have cost the crypto exchange roughly 100 million euros per season or $99 million a year, making the new low, no, making the now lost overall deal worth a hefty half a billion dollars. Prior to, to, prior to negotiations with Crypto.com, the UEFA has been sponsored by a Russian natural gas company, a deal the league canceled following March's Russia-Ukraine uh, invasion. Did not know that. Crypto.com negotiations did not fall through due to the ongoing crypto bear market, according to the report. So I was wrong in my little synopsis there at the beginning. While this Crypto.com deal has dissolved, the UEFA has plenty of other existing sponsors since buying naming rights for Crypto.com's arena in Los Angeles for $700 million. Uh, yeah, that was last October, November, something like that was the timeline for that. Um, and it's much memed. Fortune favors the brave. Advertisement with Matt Damon last year. The marketing department of Crypto.com's exchange has been kept busy, that's for sure. The, the marketing department of Crypto.com is Crypto.com's busiest department because their exchange, their, uh, their fees and their spreads is horrible. I don't understand how anyone would ever use Crypto.com, to be honest. Their card, the, the credit card they had, or the debit card was fantastic. That was their best product they offered. However, uh, that has fallen by the wayside because they've kind of cut all the benefits that have gone along with that card. At the one at one time, it was free Netflix, free Spotify. If you had their um, was it their icy hot rose gold? I don't remember all the brands uh, or the all the tiers of their card. However, uh, their card was a fantastic product for a long time, and uh, since that time. They pretty well decimated their cashback rewards are no longer worth it, worth using the platform. Uh, Crow has taken a beating. Uh, the Crypto.com native token is just taking a beating because of all that stuff. And the latest uh, thing they've cut with rewards uh, in those cards is the free Netflix, free Spotify, depending on your tier, what card you had. Uh, I think you're still getting those at the moment, but uh, I guess it was a couple months ago, maybe a month ago or so where they gave users six months left. So uh, maybe you have four or five months left of those, and then there's really going to be essentially no reason to use that Crypto.com card other than it is metal and pretty cool. That's about it. But, uh, oh yeah, all those cashback rewards and everything, uh, essentially non-existent. Anyways, I think that's going to be it for us. Uh, there's one last headline. Binance freezes cryptocurrency accounts of a Russia's arm manufacturer. So... Yes, whether you agree with the Ukrainian war or not, I still don't think the corporation should be censoring anyone at all. I don't think they should be having any political opinions whatsoever, no matter what those opinions are. Uh, if free speech, free speech is only needed to protect speech that you don't like. 
I think people forget that often. And uh, I don't think these these platforms should remain entirely neutral because, yeah, right now they're going after a Russian arms manufacturer. Great. Uh, however, what's to stop them from coming after you down the road if they open up the door here? Um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I think they should be entirely neutral no matter what. However, Binance has frozen cryptocurrency accounts of a Russian arms manufacturer. So know that Binance has taken steps towards censorship um, for a good cause, maybe. But I don't care what that cause is. I don't want them to censor anything ever. Uh, that's my stance on it. Anyways, all right, we're going to wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We've gone a little bit long today. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to the website, www.theweightofcrypto.com. You can support us through Patreon. You can buy a Ledger device through the link in the description. You can subscribe and give us a review. That's the best way you can support the show. And if you want to reach out to me at Twitter, you can find me at Way of Crypto. Uh, with the very last O in crypto is a zero instead of an O. Uh, but you can click on that Twitter handle in the link in the description as well. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye for now.